Hi, I'm Beck Rayner and this is the Military Wife Life Podcast, a podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports and embraces the women behind the military men by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. This episode of Military Wife Life is proudly brought to you by Defence Bank. Serving those who protect us, Defence Bank have the largest on-base branch network with 37 locations around Australia. They have Army, Air Force and Navy covered. To find your closest branch, visit defencebank.com.au. Welcome, Annabelle, to the Military Wi-Fi podcast. Hi, how are you? Thanks for joining me from all the way from overseas. <laughs> yeah, we're in the UK. <laughs> so you and your husband have been together for almost nine years now. Can you tell me how you met? Yeah, so we met the day after my 21st birthday. I was actually being set up with somebody else on a blind date and he brought my now husband Luke along to keep him company and the blind date didn't go that well, but I got along really well with Luke and we've been together ever since. Sounds like that blind date went okay, just not for the guy that was on the blind date. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So I guess when you met, was he joining the Defence Force or was he already in? What was his situation? So he was in his final year of ADPA at the time. He was just entering into his honours year at ADPA. We kind of, I guess, went from there. When you met, did you have any connection to defence? Did you know what a relationship as a defence couple would be like? So I dated somebody who'd been in the military previously to Luke. So I'd been dating somebody in the Air Force before that point. And then, so I had had a little idea, but he was still at ADFA, so we hadn't moved around or anything like that. So I'd had a little idea about what defence was like, but I think it's sort of that one of those things where you think you know what it's like and then you get into it and you're like, oh, this is what it's really like. What was the actual reality (laughs) of becoming a defence couple? Like he was obviously doing his honours. How long after that did he finish and did he get his first posting and all of that? We were together for about a year before he got his first posting. We moved to Newcastle then. The honours was a busy year and I think it was an interesting one because he basically dived into the books and I didn't see a huge amount of him of him in that time. But then once that year was over, we went posted to Newcastle and that was quite an interesting introduction to defence life because when we got there, I think we had a week or two weeks there just to set up the house and then he was off on an exercise for six weeks while I was trying to get settled into work once I found a job and it was a very intense job that I was doing and I hadn't really expected for him to go away so soon after we arrived but that's something you get used to once that happens I suppose and then after that he was sort of away a fair bit on and off for his work at the time he, he was in a SPO to begin with and then ended up in a squadron um, and then while I was in a squadron he was away a lot <laughs> yeah so it was a bit of an interesting introduction and it took a little while to get used to I think that first year in Newcastle which was our second year together was definitely a difficult one at times (laughs) just neither of us really I think I was Luke's first partner like once he had joined defense he hadn't really dated anyone before me and I hadn't I think neither of us had quite expected what it would be like to be in a military partnership and having to go away and navigate all those things of not having the greatest possibilities of contact and all that kind of stuff gotten much easier these days now that you know FaceTime and Zoom and all those things have become much more accessible so when you went into the relationship did Luke have any idea how to I guess nurture that relationship alongside his defense life because obviously you mentioned 
it was sort of the first serious relationship for both. How did he approach it? Did he think, oh, I don't really want to get involved with someone or obviously you guys got together and how can we make this work? Did he put effort into that? How how did it work? I think the first, definitely for the first little while, it was really, before we moved to Newcastle, he really had to stop and think, he's like, do I want to move? He was more worried about me moving and not having the support network and do I want to do this to you and that kind of stuff. So he really thought about it and it was something that he discussed extensively at the time. But I think eventually once he made that decision and we sort of committed to it, it was something that we wanted to stick to and work at. But that first year in Newcastle definitely, definitely was a learning curve for both of us. We really had to work at figuring out how to communicate through issues, especially when he was away and I was in Newcastle by myself. And like I said, I had very intense jobs. I was was a registered nurse and I was working on a very intense ward. So I was trying to go through the motions of coping with that and coping with being away from family and I don't know how prepared he was to deal with that at the beginning but I think once we got there once we got into our groove we've worked it out now and it's the communication has been the biggest thing to learn. That second year when you both moved to Newcastle and I guess got a proper real taste of defence life and then you mentioned he sort of got there and then he was off on a training course and you know you're sitting in a new location with no friends new job you know trying to figure it all out how did you avoid feelings of resentment for you know you've dragged me here and now off you go and I'm trying to deal with this high pressure job and you know I don't have any friends and my family aren't here and how did you get around those feelings I got really lucky some of the people that Luke uh, was at ADFA with actually some of the girls who were doing the same course as him at ADFA were also posted to Newcastle at the time and I think having those girlfriends just made the world of difference because they were defence they were both in defence but they also had partners who were also in defence but living elsewhere so they kind of got what it was like to have people away but also could explain what defence life was like from the inside so it was a really good way to have that dual perspective and I think without them it would have been a lot harder so making those good friendships within defence and having those spousal supports have been really important along the way Where did you go from Newcastle? Like, Where did you get posted from there and how many postings have you had so we got posted to melbourne after that which was a fun posting because i was 30 weeks pregnant i think we found out when i was 27 weeks pregnant we got told we were posting to melbourne and we moved at 30 weeks pregnant and that was a fun <laughs> a fun little jaunt because it was the week that we moved my granddad died and so i had to try and get up to queensland between packing up the house and getting to melbourne and so that was a bit of a interesting development and then we got to melbourne and i think as i entered my 36 weeks of pregnancy they decided to send luke on exercise up to townsville which was for a couple of weeks which again <laughs> new location dicey yeah. 36 weeks pregnant <laughs> bit dicey yeah. yeah so having having to rearrange our lives a bit and try and get people from home to come and stay with me so my mum was able to come and stay for a week and so was a good friend of mine so they had at least somebody there with me thankfully he was back just in time so he made it to the birth but it was a little bit like come on guys why do you have to send him away now gosh so I guess can you tell us where you're currently posted and what the the near future looks like for you guys for postings and deployments and any of any of that yeah so we are currently posted to the UK to a place called Cranfield Luke got accepted to do a master's in aerospace vehicle design and so he's been doing that so we've been in near Milton Keynes which is just outside of London so we've been here for the last almost 12 months now and we head back to well, we're meant to be heading back to Melbourne in just under a month but at this stage we have no flight booked and not sure <laughs> where about or when we're going to get back so we're hoping it'll be soon but it's going to be an interesting one 
because of coronavirus has definitely thrown a spanner in the works there. What were your first thoughts when you received news that you were getting an overseas posting? Oh, we were really excited, actually. So Luke had been trying to get this particular posting for a couple of years. So we're really excited to get here and really excited to explore this side of the world and get to see a bit of Europe and that kind of stuff. Although that hasn't happened in the same way we expected because of the current (laughs) climate. What actually happens when you get an overseas posting? Like, do you get a big pack of, okay, these are all the things you need to do beforehand? Like, what's the process and the lead up like? Yeah, so we got a lot of information very quickly about it and we had to go through, all of us had to go through medicals and get blood tests and blood groupings and we had to see a social worker and psychologist as a family to make sure that we were all a good solid unit before they sent us over here because it's quite an intense posting. Luke's been working flat out. May as well have been on deployment for some of it because I don't think I saw him for weeks and weeks on end um, or months on end to be honest to make sure we had all our vaccinations up to date, all our went through all the process of seeing social workers and also organising visas and, and all our official passports and going through that process. So how does it work with, you know, taking your stuff over there like are you given a certain I've heard that you you know you have to put stuff in storage do you take stuff with you do you buy it over there a car like you know all of that sort of stuff yeah you have to basically sort your stuff into three things so the stuff you need immediately which goes in your suitcase and then you bring all sort of the utensils and kitchenware and like your linen and stuff. So all this, not furniture, just what you call it, all the knick-knack stuff that you have around your house, sort of the fillers. And then you hire furniture once you're here. They give you an allowance to hire the furniture. And they also give you a loan, like an interest-free loan to buy a car for the year. And we'll just sell it at the end of the year. So they, they set you up pretty well. It can be quite intense. We had, I think, one day to look at houses and we looked at eight houses when we got here. They organise a person to just take you around and look at houses all day. And you've got to sort of make a decision on the spot so they do cover you in terms of everything that you have and you're pretty well set up but at the same time it's very it all happens very quickly yeah and then obviously yes you get the interest-free loan but you still need to get out there and find a car and you know yeah so you have a hire car for I think about a week so like I said it all happens where you get here and you sort of have a week to find a house buy a car organize your rental furniture and organize everything like that and I think when you get here I mean it's funny because the UK is quite similar to Australia, but at the same time, there are some very different things as well. So just those little nuances where you're like, oh, have I missed the boat here? Or It's been an interesting process and it is very intense, but they do support you through it in terms of everything you get, pretty much everything you need. But it is like a whirlwind, which I guess is defence life for you half the time, really. You mentioned that you went over there and your intention was to obviously look after your daughter if you were going over there and you were wanting to work would you have been able to do that or what was would have been the process for that yeah so my visa did allow me to work and I think I've I've been writing a book for the last couple of years now so I'm trying to get that sort of in its final stages it's been sent off to a few publishers and stuff so I've been trying to do that but if I wanted to work I could have becoming a nurse over here would have been quite difficult it's quite an expensive process to get your registration transferred over it's about three grand and plus it can take up to 18 months so the year that we were here I think becoming a nurse wouldn't have been worth it but I could have got another job if I wanted to which is a good option but with a two-year-old in tow and Luke working as much as he was and childcare 
is, hasn't been the easiest thing to find within our local area. So work wasn't really as much of an option, which has been good and bad, I suppose. It's been an opportunity to get to see the area and also nice to spend some time with my daughter and get my book as far along the line as I possibly could have. And yeah, I think it's given me a really good opportunity to think about what I really want to do next with my life. When you went into obviously receiving news that you had been accepted for an overseas posting, were you excited? Were you nervous? Were you keeping an open mind about it? How did you go into going overseas? So I was really excited about it mostly. I think there was a part of me that was very nervous about what it would look like and how I would manage without family or anyone nearby. I think the other thing that's a bit hard about this posting is that because it's not to a defence-based or anything like it's just to a public university you don't get the same opportunity to meet people who are in the same boat as you so we were very lucky that there was a New Zealand couple that was here who are also in their air force so we've had that support so that was a bit of a nerve-wracking sort of idea to come to but I think realistically we were both really excited and we try and have an open mind about where we're going and each place is a new adventure and each place is a new opportunity the first half of the year probably didn't do as much traveling as we would have liked to I think getting here and my daughter sort of hit the terrible twos as we arrived I think was all a bit overwhelming for her to go from familiarity to everything being new so we didn't get as much travel in and also Luke's course was extremely busy in the first half of the this posting but now it's sort of eased off a bit and he's just finished his two theses he's got a few little bits of assessment due but just a nice now to have a bit of time to explore the local area which we I guess we didn't actually think we were going to be doing now with COVID and lockdown, has it made you miss home even more? Like, how were you feeling being so far oh, from home yeah. and going through that experience? That was particularly hard. I had my 30th birthday a couple of weeks ago and my mum was meant to be here for it and so was my best friend from back home. So not having them here was really quite tough. So that was quite tricky and I managed to find daycare for Addie one day a week in our local village but that had stopped so it had been Addie and I full on for months on in lockdown which was it was really hard work not to be able to have family or even defense friends who kind of got the situation of being overseas a bit more and I think as well I don't know if other people have found this but whenever I move whenever we move I always find the first two months you're sort of living on that high of oh we're in a new place there's so much to discover and then you get to that you sort of get to know everything about two months and the mundane sort of sets in and then it's not till about six months that you develop those really close friendships and those networks a bit more and we hit the six months mark and that was when we went into lockdown and I must say that all those friendships that were just starting to bud and it got really hard the network we had here just wasn't as strong and wasn't there wasn't as much to fall back on or to talk to people or that kind of stuff so I had to a lot of early morning calls or late at night when you know know, my family or friends are finally awake or yeah um, but yeah so we've had we made it work but it was it was really tough there for a little while really yeah so how Um, does it work with you your husband obviously doing a master's and you mentioned that you're not at a military base over there you're not in sort of the military community for that master's how does it work with support services for you over there like if you were having a really hard time like who would you even go to or how would you access support over there 
Hey Military Wife Life community, I wanted to take this opportunity to tell you a little bit about the Defence Bank Foundation and the great work they're doing in the defence community. The foundation raises funds to support serving and ex-serving ADF members living with injuries or illnesses such as post-traumatic stress disorder. In 2019, the sole beneficiary of the foundation was the Defence Community Dogs Program, a specialised dog training program which rescues abandoned dogs and trains them through correctional services. 40 service dogs have been trained and given to veterans since the Defence Bank Foundation was established. The program gives dogs, inmates and veterans a second chance at life. So the HICOM in London is sort of the people you would talk to. They did organise, when COVID all started, they did organise an online Facebook group to talk to, but it was a bit more army-centric and they haven't been as proactive as some of the other forces. Like I said, we've got a friend who's in the New Zealand Air Force here and they've had some really great opportunities of online cooking classes or exercise classes over Zoom. But we didn't really get that. We kind of got a bit of an email saying, or a list of websites that have activities for kids. So it was a little bit disappointing at this end. But we've sort of just had to fend for ourselves a bit at this stage. A lot of the activities were aimed at school-age kids, not two-year-olds, which is a bit tough. When COVID and lockdown all happened over there like were you even given the choice to come back so we got an email that said you have 18 hours sort of well you have till the next day and it was i think 18 hours from the time that we received the email to when we could when we would be leaving so it was sort of like you have 18 hours to decide of whether you want to stay or go and we were like oh okay and obviously we got that in the middle of the afternoon or in the middle of the day when all our families and friends at back home were all asleep so we just had to kind of make that decision and not sure what it was going to look like long term or how you know what direction COVID was going to go in. So we, we chatted about it and Luke was just about to finish his, he had to do two theses this year. He was so close to finishing his first one and we weren't sure what was going to happen. So we decided to stay and yeah, we just had to make that decision very quickly because leaving would have meant we wouldn't know when or how all our stuff was going to get back and all of those fun yeah. fun choices. And so even, it was a bit... even the car and like wrapping everything, yeah, yeah all of that yeah. stuff. And then, then not finishing, so it, so it kind of would have been a waste of, yeah. you know, time and over there. Know. Yeah, and then coming back yeah. and not knowing what posting you've got when you come back. Like it's just... Well, because the posting he's got now is reliant on him finishing yeah. this this masters so it was sort of like oh what do we do so i think we just decided to hang in there and we've just made the best of it as we can where we're living Milton Keynes, has some really amazing bike paths i think it's got about 300 kilometers of bike paths throughout the city so adi and i have been doing a lot of bike riding to try and while away the hours and lockdown so if you do end up being able to come back in a month's time what have you got planned for the next month before you come back so we're doing the south coast from dover down to penzance sort of right across the south coast of england which has been really fun so far we've taken our bikes with us and ridden along bits of the coast and then i've also got a trip a girlfriend and i are going to ride across the scottish highlands on our bikes so for about a week so that'll be good it might be a big big ride but we're going to do that in about a month's time once luke's finished and yeah it'll be really i think that'll be try and fill up our time and just take advantage of the local area even though obviously covid hit while you're over there would you recommend you know aside from covid an overseas posting experience <laughs> for other people like what would you say to them going into it like is there any advice oh. you can give as to how to prepare yourself for it or i think it's one of the most intense postings you can do i think also especially with young children because 
it's hard when you don't have even being able to call my mum at two o'clock in the afternoon or three o'clock in the afternoon when Addie's hit the wall, like, you know, that witching hour kind of time. That's probably the hardest thing. So preparing yourself for those kinds of difficulties would be a good idea. But I think just to go in with an open mind and don't expect it to be, I think don't have expectations is probably the best yeah. <laughs> advice I can give because even if you do have expectations or know that like, we've been to the UK a few times, like I said, Luke was born here, but, you know, you never know what's going to happen when you get there. <laughs> Sounds like the general rule for defence life is don't have very many expectations. <laughs> just go in there with an open mind and yeah. I think just take the opportunity to explore and, yeah, make the best of it. I think make sure you have plenty of open communication with your partner about how you're feeling, what you're going through, because that's the other thing that I found. Luke and I have had a very different experience of this posting where I've been out and doing stuff with Addie and going for bike rides and seeing the local countryside and even the other day we were walking down the town we live in our main street and he was like oh I've never seen this I've never done this oh and I you know I'm sitting there going hi everyone so I think talking to your partner about what each of your experiences are and I think preparing yourself and your partner for what kind of differences will be there and what kind of hards that you have you said oh you know hard is hard doesn't matter what it is <laughs> thing sometimes yeah. so, and I think that's definitely the case where it is hard and it is just yeah. what it is because your heart is could be the fact that you don't have that reprieve or that break from your two-year-old who's going through those yeah. big emotions as a two-year-old in, in, in a different yeah. location and his heart yeah. is the fact that he's got this pressure to perform in this masters because when he gets back at his next job relies on it sort of thing like you know exactly. it's a totally different experience exactly so i think being prepared for that and being prepared to communicate through that and accept that each other have different types of hard is really important as well like you know not just because your hard might seem not as hard as someone else's doesn't mean that you can't acknowledge it. Exactly. I think that's the thing. You've just got to learn to accept that everyone's got different stories and different issues. So, yeah, learning to accept that. So once you come back, you're getting posted to where and then what happens? Are you in the one location for a few years? So we've got at least two years in Melbourne. So we've just locked down a house, which is really exciting. After that, we're hoping for a posting to Canberra, but we don't really know what's going to happen in the future. I think we just take it as it comes. And how are you feeling about moving to Melbourne with all that's going yeah. on there at the moment? So there, I'm in two minds about it at the moment. I think the biggest thing for me is I don't want to get home and not be able to see my family after a year of being away from them. It'll be really hard to go back, be so close and yet so far away still. So we have asked Defence whether or not we can go via Canberra on our way in sort of stay in Canberra for a couple of weeks before heading down to Melbourne so that we can pick up our pets and stuff because that's the other thing we've got dogs and a cat back home we've been staying with some family friends we're hoping we can get them back before we go to Melbourne so yeah I'm sort of ambivalent I really I'm really excited to get back to Melbourne because I quite enjoyed it when we lived there a year ago but at the same time you know we've just started to come out of lockdown here and started to be able to enjoy a bit of outdoors and getting around and seeing the countryside to go back into a full-on lockdown is not my idea of a good time but what can you do really so when you move into a new area do you make use of any spouse support how do you make those networks so we've been pretty lucky after our first posting to newcastle a lot of the people that we made friends with through luke's work have actually ended up in melbourne so we've been really lucky we've already got quite a good network in melbourne now so they'll be you know coming and going through there 
So it'll be nice to live back near those guys and have those friends again. And I think as well, this time around, where we were planning to live is quite close to the Simpsons barracks and they have quite a good defence network in that part of Melbourne. So I'm excited to actually make use of that because before that point, I don't think I really have made as much use of the actual defence networks themselves just because previously we didn't have any children and they were sort of more set up for people with children there and what support and information do you wish you were offered when you were a new spouse or what could you have been provided with to sort of get your head around defense life and and all that comes with that it's really tricky because I think a lot of the information was through Luke's email at the time and like I said when I first arrived Luke and I were just trying to work out and communicate through what posting in a new location was going to be like and how we worked through those different pressures and jobs and so back then he didn't have an idea of what my heart was compared to what he was doing and so I don't really know what I missed out on or what I would have liked I think I've definitely ended up just making my own friends and working through whatever I could with the people I met I don't know if there's a system but if you are a defense partner who is a um, dependent it would almost be better if they could contact you directly rather than going why your spouse instead of getting that <laughs> patchy information or anything or not any oh, at all so like I said nowadays looks much better at just being like oh here's an email I got here's an email I just yeah. forwards them to me straight away now but in those early days he didn't know what I needed or what I wanted so I occasionally got an email being like oh they might have an event on and he'd sort of mention it in passing and then he'd be away for a week and I'd be like that event would have happened been and gone so it's like yeah. okay so I'd hear through his friends what was happening and I'd be like Luke can we organize to go to this because it'd be a really great opportunity to meet other people and he's like oh yeah okay I'll yeah. buy tickets and I guess as well like we mentioned before he's having a totally different experience as the member like he's not realizing yeah. that okay well that will be an opportunity to make friends because he's got those inbuilt friends when he goes to work <laughs> and when he exactly. has that job when he moves to another location yeah. Yeah. So I think like it would be great to have that option to have like a list. I think they do have that with that Forcenet that they have a bit of that kind of stuff on there now, but sort of a more specific and a spousal emailing list for an area would be great. An Mm. option to sign up for that would be awesome. I don't. There might even be that. I just haven't been aware of it. Well, Um, if you don't know what exists, then how are you supposed to access it? So what about mental health wise? How do you look after your mental health? I'm fairly diligent with it these days I think over the years really struggled at times with the whole defense life wife life thing and I think as well I recently got diagnosed with PMDD which is a really extreme form of PMS which is really fun but I a lot of the time I'd go through these ups and downs and really struggle with what defense life has to offer but now I've kind of worked out what that is and have sort of inbuilt mechanisms wherever I go to deal with it I think Luke understands it quite well too having a partner who really understands and we've talked about it at length and making sure that we're on the same page for that also you know finding counselors and things wherever I've gone and just trying to find good networks and setting up networks so I think bugging Luke to death about being like can we go to these things like invite me to a dinner or we'll have people over for dinner and I'll cook for them all and we can meet people that way I've been very proactive in trying to do that so yeah I think we're just trying to do those kinds of things to look after myself and try and find hobbies that I enjoy in each area I think as well for me writing a book has been a really great way to release emotions and explore different parts of what it's like to be a military wife and what it's like to be like oh okay now you're alone and you've just got to figure it out and your partner's away okay okay we've got it to you I think every time he would go away to do training courses all over the country so he'd be away at least one week of every month and I think every time he went away my daughter got a tooth and she's the kind of girl who whenever she got a tooth she'd get the temperature and 
she'd vomit and it was just always it was always like the first day I'd leave she'd start getting a tooth and I'd just be like oh this is this is exactly not what fair right that is totally not <laughs> yeah. fair so I think like just being kind to myself in those times as well where it's like okay this week Addy is sleeping in my bed it's just easier than trying to like go up and down all night to a teething toddler <laughs> yeah you just gotta so do what you gotta those... do but then have those foundations like you mentioned the counsellor or the psychologist yeah. and, and realising yeah. that you need to be on top of that at each location in order for everything else to sort of work yeah because it can catch you so off guard so I've always when I've gotten to a place sort of set it up found somebody and then I'll go once and if, if I'm doing all right I won't go for a while but then if it starts to all fall apart it leaks away and you know all of that kind of stuff at least I have somewhere or something I can go to and take that time for myself to look after myself and just find those helpful mechanisms like even finding ways of doing it with Addy so I was quite lucky the psychologist I found here is does it over Zoom and uh, so I'd often set up while Luke's upstairs and not able to help out I've set up my meetings by put her in front of Frozen for an hour while I catch up on Zoom and just trying to find ways to work around those issues which so. ultimately benefits everyone so exactly exactly an hour of Frozen is not going to hurt her and no. it's really going to help me what have you learned along the way with being a defence spouse? Any advice that you can give to other people that maybe are just starting out or maybe there's someone else that has just received news that they're going on their first posting and they're going to have to go through that tough second year together or what kind of, um, what have you learned yeah. along the way? I think one of the best things I've learned is that defence spouses are such a good resource and so great for understanding what it's like to go through so don't be afraid to talk to them and open up especially when it's your first time and you feel like you know these people seem to have their stuff together and I'm just like rambling through trying to figure out how this all works but we've all been there before so finding those networks is great and I think making sure that you communicate really openly and honestly with your partner is really important that's really helped in terms of being able to just work through things and you know hard things that have made for fun adventures and good stories later but at the time we're just like oh why are we how do we get through this and so yeah I think open communication and just being okay with reaching out to other people especially defense people I think they're some of the best people to talk to in terms of knowing what you're going through and being there to help out and realizing that we're all just trying to figure it out like even the ones that have been doing it for 20 years or you know just trying to figure it out we might have other bits figured out we might have acronyms down pat or we might know what that posting means or we might but we're still trying to figure it out so what's your book about and can you tell us when you're planning on finishing it what are you got to do with that so I finished writing it I'm now just doing I'm in the process of just doing a final edit I sent it off to a few publishers and agents to see if they'll pick it up but it's a sort of a romance dystopian novel which ironically enough is based around illness that had broken out in a community sounds very relevant (laughs) yeah I started writing it about six years ago so uh a little bit interesting <laughs> that's happened now. So it's quite close to, well, I've finished writing it. Like I said, I've finished writing it. I'm just doing sort of one final detail edit. And then I have sent it off to agents and publishing houses. So I'm waiting to hear back from them to see how it goes. Otherwise, I might try and self-publish in the next six months or so. It should be out for Mason's yeah. Law. So hopefully yeah. it'll be out soon. So exciting. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and telling us all the ins and outs of an overseas posting and the experience of being overseas during COVID and all the comes with living overseas and figuring that out yeah thank you so much for having me it's been wonderful i so hope you were able to relate or take something away from today's episode there are definite ups and downs to military life but let's get the conversation happening so we can see that we are all in this together we are all just doing our best so until next week you got this 
Let's do this together one day at a time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this episode has touched you, helped you, or given you that extra confidence to keep going, to continue to hold down the home front, to continue to do all the things, I would so appreciate it if you could pop into Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, a comment about what you would like to hear more of, or just some encouraging words. If you want to suggest a guest, I am always looking for new people to talk to. You can do that by jumping over to the website www.militarywifelife.com.au and clicking on our podcast page. I would love to hear from you. 